Hey friend, welcome to the Christian Girls Tea Podcast. I'm Anna from the Christian Girls Tea, and today, guess what? We have a super special guest joining us right now, so we have no time to waste. Let's go. All right, hey sisters, welcome back to the podcast. I'm Anna, and man oh man, do we have a special guest joining us today. In her own words, she is a Jesus-loving Southern girl who gets fueled by sharing God's love to those around her. She has ministries all over Instagram, has her own podcast, blog, and even her own shop, which is absolutely incredible. Without further ado, please welcome my friend, Maddie B. Welcome, Maddie. Hi, thank you for having me. I'm really excited to be here. Oh, I'm so excited you're here too. Such a cool opportunity. Could you tell us a bit about your testimony? Well, um, I actually tell people that my testimony is not anything that's going to be like, wow, oh my goodness, that's such a come to Jesus moment. My uh, testimony actually is I was adopted by my grandparents because my parents were a little young when they had me. And so I was raised in a Christian family. I was raised in the church and I have always been close to Jesus. And I accepted Jesus at a young age and got baptized at like eight years old. Um, And it wasn't until a few years ago when I actually kind of some things happened and I lost my job that I was really given that opportunity that I got closer to Jesus. And so my testimony really at this point is every day I'm growing closer and closer and closer to Jesus and letting him tell me what he needs from me and where I'm supposed to go. Hmm. Oh, that's so cool. Thanks for sharing that. Yeah, so Maddie, I really wanted to talk. I, well, I really wanted to get your take on who a Christian girl is. Uh, mm-hmm. So I'm just going to be asking you some questions about being a Christian girl. Sounds good. All right. So first of all, who in your words is a Christian girl? In my, in my opinion, and in my, when I hear the word Christian girl, the first thing that pops to mind is someone who is a believer in Jesus, a female, obviously, um, who is, and, and I don't want to get like into the political or anything. The only thing I'm going to say is the ones who were born female, created female, um, that has that faith in Jesus. Um, but I do feel like, and I don't want to like step on toes or anything like that, but I do feel like there is a difference between a Christian girl and a daughter of Christ. Mm -hmm. There's for me a big difference because that Christian girl is the people you see who accept Jesus and are the good, goody tissue type of people. And that sounded really bad, but the ones who are going to church and do all those things, but they're only that on Sundays or Wednesdays when they're actually in the church Mm -hmm. and you see them out every day and they're being of the world and indulging in things of the world that yes, they're Christian. Yes. They got saved. Yes. They might've meant it when they prayed it, but they're still not fully devoted. Like a daughter of Christ would be who everything she does has Christ in it in some way or fashion. Hmm. Do you think, do you think that a, a, da- a Christian girl can still be a daughter of Christ? And just when she's talking to the rest of the world, she's seen as a Christian girl, but in her heart, she is a daughter of Christ. I, I feel oh, like, yes, absolutely. Yeah. I feel like those, it, those terms can go together though. Like they should it, be the same thing. Yes, absolutely. And like, to me, you need to be a Christian girl to be a daughter of Christ. Mm-hmm. Cause it's not just like one day you wake up and you're like, cool, I'm going to be your daughter today, but tomorrow I am not. Mm -hmm. 
Like it doesn't really work that way. It, it is a commitment. And sometimes, and I've had people give me mixed emotions on this. So I'm kind of excited to hear your, um, what your reaction to this is. But I have said before that having a relationship with Jesus is almost like having a relationship with a boyfriend or a girlfriend. Mm, interesting. Because like, and the reason I say that is because when you get a physical boyfriend or a physical girlfriend, whether you're a boy or girl, you have to put that commitment in to make that relationship work. Mm-hmm. It's not just like, oh yeah, we're together, but we never hang out. Oh yeah, we're together, but you know, we don't talk. It, it really doesn't work that way. Mm-hmm. To be in that relationship, you have to put in the effort and you have to talk to that person and you have to build that friendship relationship. And it's the same thing with Jesus. It's not just something that you can, um, you know, yeah, I'm a Christian, but I don't, I don't read my Bible or I don't pray or I don't do this or I go to church, but that's it. Mm-hmm. That's not really how it works or what he wants from us. Yeah. He wants shallow roots. Yeah, exactly. He wants that deep connection and like rooted in him. And for me, I tell people all the time because I do have in our Bible studies, which we'll talk about later, that I had a girl tell me one time that every Saturday she set aside three hours of her Saturday that was for her boyfriend, whether that be she was going to FaceTime him or they were going to go on a date, right? Or do something. And then as we were talking, I said, okay, I'm going to stop you there. So you're telling me you every Saturday, at least three hours. And she goes, yes, because that's like, if she's talking, you're FaceTiming, but if they do something like a date, you know, it's longer. Mm-hmm. I was like, okay, cool. Wonderful. How much time do you actually give to Jesus every day? Hmm. And she stopped and she's like, well, on Sundays I'm there from, you know, like nine 30 to two in the afternoon. And I have a Bible study on this day for an hour. I was like, okay, cool. But what about the rest of the days? Who takes the, who takes majority of the time the rest of the day? Hmm. And it was, she kind of came back and she's like, I think you're right. I do spend more time with him. And it's like, if you can put that in your schedule to do something like go on a date, go with your boyfriend, you can make an hour out of your time to spend with Jesus. And that's, what's going to get you that relationship. Yeah. It doesn't have to be an hour. It can be even oh no! Yeah, fifteen minutes each morning because I know I have to go to school really early. Which I don't yeah. think it's probably that early, but whatever. Uh, I have to go to school really <laughs> early, and I get the fifteen minutes where I can squeeze it in. But I try to do it in the mornings just because I know that if I mm-hmm. have my heart centered on Christ, then the rest of the day will be better and more focused yeah. on Christ. But yeah, it's the it's the being intentional with your faith and finding finding the time, making the time. Like if you can't find Mm -hmm. the time, then you make the time to spend with Jesus because you have eternal priorities. This life is fleeting. And while relationships with other people are important, we are called to know God and to make him known. Amen. And it's one of those things that Jesus should always be in the center of everything. Mm -hmm. And so to make those good Christian friends who are going to build you up and lead you to Christ, you have to have Christ in, in the middle of it and in front of it all. Mm-hmm. You have to have that friendship with him to have good friendships with those around you or good relationships with those around you. Oh, a hundred percent. And friends mm-hmm. listening, if you don't, if you've been looking for Christian friends and you can't find them first, we recommend to go to your a local youth group or a local church because your friends do not have to mm-hmm. be in your age range. Absolutely. But you can also come over to our uh, social medias. We'll tell them, tell you all about them in a, in a few minutes, but yeah, um, 
we have we're, we've been building communities and we would love for you to come and reach out to us uh mm-hmm. but remember to first have that relationship with jesus because that is the important relationship that is the that is the yeah. most secure most foundational friendship that you are going to be having in your life Absolutely. And like, I'm just going to put it out now. I know we've been kind of going for a few minutes already, but (laughs) if you are listening, get a pad, get a pen, get something to write with, because there's probably going to be a lot that you're going to want to remember and look back on. Because I know for me saying things, and this is the hardest for me, I will be talking to people and the Holy Spirit will kind of come over me and I'll say something and everyone's like, Oh my goodness. I needed to hear that. That was so impactful. Thank you for that. And I'm standing there going, what did I say? Oh like, my goodness. That's me all the time. Like I'm exactly. trying, it's, the, it's really hard. I, something I'm working with the Lord on and trying to have self, uh, self-control and self-discipline over is like intentionally paying attention, trying to reach out, but also trying not to speak too much so that this Holy spirit can speak through me, but I totally get that. Yes. And it's like, then I'm like, now I wish I had recorded that, or I wish I had written that down because I want to go back and I want to remember that, but it never works that way. It never does. No. But okay. Cause we all have different things that we need to be hearing. And with that touching back on the relationship thing, just for a second, I was always taught this cool acronym in church where I used to go and it was joy and it stood for Jesus, others, you. And whenever you're serving or whenever you have a, you know, you need to be doing something, put Jesus first, then help others, then yourself. And it's okay. And it sounds so bad, but it is okay to be a little bit selfish as a Christian. And I think a lot of people don't understand that is that it is okay to take time for yourself, be a little selfish and say, no, I can't help you right now. Because if you're serving and you're giving everything at 110%, but you're wearing yourself out to where you don't have that time anymore to be with Jesus just one-on-one, it's okay to take a break. It's okay to say, give me some time. I would say that that isn't being selfish. I would say that that's that's doing your best and realizing that to do your best, you need to take a break. And I mean, it's one of those things that if you don't, some people view it as being selfish and that, oh, you're being selfish because you don't want to help. You help everybody else, but you don't help me. And it's one of those things that it's a burnout moment. And if you overdo, you won't be able to do when the bigger stuff comes along. And when he asks for a little bit more in depth, you're not going to be able to physically do it because you have been so worn out doing other things. Mm. Which is why it's important to have that intentional time every day or as often as you can with Jesus every morning, because that is where you're going to get your rest. That is where you're going to get your peace. That's where you're going to be given life and you're going to be rejuvenated. Um, And it's going to look different every morning because every, every day And it's going to look different different for everyone. Yeah. So don't, don't ever compare. This is something I've struggled with and something I'm, the Lord is also helping me with is don't compare your Bible time or your quiet time with other people, your handwriting is different than theirs for one thing. Just remember that. Mm -hmm. And your, your, your relationship with, with God is different because you are different from everybody else. And you're exactly, God sees you special individual. You're different and it's good and it's important. So, but yeah, don't forget to be getting that rest and that Mm -hmm. life, uh, every morning or every afternoon, every evening, whenever you have time, but every day, random times during the day. Yeah. 
Yeah. Um, that's what, that's why it's good to memorize scripture. Cause you can just have scripture. Exactly. Whenever. And whenever you if you struggle with that, something that I've done that helps me with um, memorizing verses or remembering certain things that God has told me or that I need to tell myself is I write them down on sticky notes or I'll print them out on uh, photo paper and I take them to the mirror in my bathroom because that's something I see every day and it's covered in like affirmation isn't really the word I'm looking for, but that's what everyone calls it. But it's like almost positive that when you look at it, it says something like you're a daughter of God. Um, he's with you wherever you go. Notes from family is on there as well. That it just kind of reminds me to stop, take a minute, breathe, pray before I go do whatever I'm doing. Just encouragement. It's not affirmation. It's encouragement right there. Exactly. Mm, that's so good. Well, so as we're talking about being a Christian girl or daughter of God at the same mm-hmm. time, what are some of the spiritual priorities that, uh, we as daughters of Christ should have in this season of our lives? Well, really in any season, the number one thing is set your boundaries. I cannot stress that enough. You won't believe how many people I know who are good Christian people and who are daughters of Christ or sons of Christ that they have their boundaries, but they're set very loosely to where one mistake changes everything. And it's not necessarily a bad thing, but it could be Um, like take it as anybody who is a Christian and as a daughter of Christ who doesn't set good boundaries and maybe sleeps with her boyfriend Mm -hmm. one time and she gets pregnant. Well, now the rest of her life is changed because of that moment. So for me, the number one thing is set your boundaries. Like the Bible says that you are not supposed to have intimacy with anyone before marriage that you shouldn't uh get drunk you shouldn't um smoke and now it doesn't say that you can't have a drink every once in a while and i'm saying don't like go out and drink because oh my gosh the podcast told me to do so like please don't do that that's not what i'm saying no it's the Um, problem with the 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 drugs and the alcohol is that exactly um, it's it's the too much yeah and it's the losing control of your mind which is which is the big issue and you it's so much easier to sin in that so we want to be clear-minded people who are found who have a good foundation exactly and that's like with those boundaries even if it's something that you need to have a journal and in the front of your journal it says these are my boundaries and look them up look up some biblical boundaries that god places for us because there are quite a few that people don't even think about being boundaries Mm -hmm. and start looking at them and say okay does this really apply to me because if one of the boundaries is you know, don't drink and don't drink in excess and get drunk. Well, if you're one of those people that is like, I don't drink, like for me, I've never drank. I've never touched alcohol. I don't even like the smell of it. That is a boundary of mine, but it's not like my number one boundary. Um, get your list of boundaries and say, you know, this is my boundaries because boundaries are important. And I know I'm saying that a lot, but I can't stress that enough that boundaries are super important. Mm-hmm. Mm. expectations I see yeah exactly and then I think the second thing that I would give like advice for or just 
to remind people of your outward appearance is not as important as your inward appearance. Mm. People nowadays, and not even girls, and that's why I keep referring to people because it's not just girls who have this problem. I have seen many guys have this problem that they are so obsessed with how they look that they miss the bigger picture in which God is putting them in. Mm. And that, because every day you wake up, God is, God is laying opportunities in front of you to share his kingdom, to share his gospel, to do this, that, and the other. But some people are so obsessed with, Oh, I don't look good today. Oh, I'm not as pretty as her. I'm not as skinny as her that they miss the bigger picture in which they could be ministering to someone else. We just got done with a Bible study in one in the one I lead that was called defined by Priscilla Shire. If you've ever done it, it oh, is absolutely yeah. amazing. Oh, it and is so good. Oh my goodness. It is goodness. so you, good. I know we did that with my youth group. Oh, okay. Sorry. Yes. Yeah. Uh, no. And something that I reminded my girls at the end of it, because, you know, we went through it all. We all had our little note cards that we wrote and taped to the mirror. And if any of my girls are out there listening, hi, you know what I'm talking about, that at the end of it, I said, look at it this way. You are a girl. Who is one person you look up to? And I had them all write somebody down. I said, okay, now why do you look up to that person? Is it because she's a strong Christian woman? Is it because she's skinny? Is it because she's beautiful? And the majority of my girls answered me back with because they, because she's pretty or because she is a super strong Christian in the faith. And I'm like, okay, so what are you doing because of it? And many of them told me, and not all of them, but a few of them told me that they're trying to become like that, Mm -hmm. which is like, not the point. And I said, but here's the bigger picture that no one understands because they're so focused on, I need to be a stronger Christian. I need to be skinny. I need to be prettier that there's a girl behind you. Who's looking up to you, Hmm. seeing you say that I'm not valuable because I'm not pretty. Hmm. I'm not a good Christian because I'm not doing what this other person does to where that girl who might be a new Christian or who might be going to super duper big struggles or is now feeling I'm not good enough. And it's not your fault other than the world is looking at you because the world is wanting you to make a mistake. And this is so bad sounding, but the world wants you to make a mistake Mm. because when you make that mistake, it can go, aha, She's not exactly what she cracks up to be. Because mm-hmm. look at um, all these movie stars out there that they make one mistake or they say one thing and the internet blows up over it. Mm-hmm. And they're That's not even the, believers. Exactly. But, and that is what Satan and the world is doing to us. He's putting people in our paths who are not Christians or he himself and he, I'm talking about Satan, mm-hmm. is putting people in our path or he's going to be there. And, you know, we're all one day being the absolute strongest Christian that you could ever meet. You are head over heels with Jesus and this, that, and the other. And someone in your class is gossiping about someone and you laugh. 
well, you weren't involved in that conversation, but you didn't stop it either. Mm-hmm. So now Satan's like, aha, I got her. She's going to want to get involved in this gossip. And he's going to get pull at you and try to get your attention to that gossip. Or if you say, no, no, I'm not going to be involved in the gossip. As you go throughout your day, you're going to have that little nagging in the back of your heart of, I shouldn't have laughed. I shouldn't have been involved. I should have told him to stop. And that's exactly what the world is looking for us to do. Mm-hmm. And if we're so focused on, I have to be like this, I have to be like her. You're missing the point because we're all created individually. Mm-hmm. We're all fearfully and wonderfully made. I know my girls are out there going, yes, she said it finally. <laughs> um, that, that was something we repeated all the time that you are fearfully and wonderfully made by a God who loves you and who took the time out of his day. Like, think about it this way. There is a God who loves you. He created the entire world and he can hold that world in his hand. That's how uh, um, big he is. He takes the time out of his day where he could be doing something else to sit there and knit you together the way he wants you to be inside your mother's womb before you're even aware of what's going on. Mm. To me, that's just amazing. And on top of that, if you read in scripture, it even says that he breathes life into the plants around you. And it's like, if he takes the time to do that for you, to make you that way for a reason, Mm. why would you want to change it? Mm. I know we might not like it because we're not what society and the world deems pretty or perfect or beautiful, but God is looking at us going, this is the most beautiful creation I've ever made. Hmm. He made us like him for the purpose of being perfect. Now sin is going to keep us from being perfect. hundred mm-hmm. percent. There's not, there's really nothing we can do about that. Yeah. Like other than you can, proactively avoid it. And when you do slip into sin, immediately ask for forgiveness and try to avoid that sin. Mm -hmm. And I will tell you, and I will tell everybody out there, as hard as it is to hear, there is no way that you are going to live a life and never sin. Mm. It's just not possible because the simplest little things count as sin. And things that people don't even think about. Like, let's think about driving a car. I know not everybody who's listening drives a car, but those who do, if the speed limit sign says 55 and you're going 56, you're sinning because you're not following the rules that were put in place by people over you. Mm. And it might be, well, if I don't, I'm going to miss this appointment, this, that, and the other. It's just one of those things that it doesn't matter. If you, ha- if you have to make an excuse for what you're doing, you probably shouldn't be doing it. Hmm. Interesting. Sorry, I'm getting on soapboxes over here. <laughs> <laughs> no, I love it. It's good. Hmm. I wouldn't take my soapbox. <laughs> <laughs> now I'm going to give it back to you for this next question. All right. Should uh, a Christian girl be acting in her community? Ooh, ooh, okay. Uh, This one's a hard one for me because I am 22 years old, people. I might not look it, and I'm going to tell those who actually know me in person. I know I do not look like a 22-year-old. 
but I am 22 and I have a driver's license to prove it. I get all the time. There's no way you're 22. And for me, that's one of the things that keeps me from putting myself out there as a Christian sometimes, because I know because of the way that I look and how young I look, which is a good thing, but some people view it as a child saying something versus some, an actual adult who knows something a little bit about it. But as a Christian girl and as a daughter of Christ, you know what society is right now. Like, you know what it is. You know that it's all involved in having a relationship, having the prettiest hair, being skinny, being popular, being the one who has the most followers on Instagram, blah, 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 blah. It doesn't matter. And if you're going outside every day and being around people and the first thing you're doing is competing with that and trying to be more popular, trying to be more this, you're not being a Christ follower in the world, a daughter of Christ in the world. You're just being a Christian who's in the world. Interesting. Oh, oh, sorry. That's that no, that's what I said. No. You're going to need some, everybody needs some pen and paper on this one. Hmm. And it's, yeah. and I know that's hard to hear and some people might not understand it, but there's a difference between being a Christian who's in the world and a follower of Christ on hmm. the world. Cause he says for us to be in the world, but not of the world. Mm-hmm. And it took me years to figure out what that meant. Mm-hmm. And honestly, what it comes down to is that you cannot follow the world and do what the world says. And do what God says. Does it says two different things. Mm. It really does. And yeah. and I know like in America, we are very lucky and we are very, very fortunate that we are free to do and worship the way we want to. Mm-hmm. But there are countries out there that it's something as simple as if you are caught with a Bible, they'll kill you. Mm-hmm. And there's even a... Um, uh, it's not really a city, but I guess it's a country. I don't know that, that I was learning about the other day that there are no Christians there because if wow. you are caught being a Christian or being, having a Bible or anything in your house relating to Christianity or even being a Catholic or anything like that, like if they find you with a cross or they find you with that, the Christian fish symbol, they will kill you. And then put your body out on display in the middle of town. Oh, my good heavens. And I know that's so scary to think about, but we are so fortunate that we're not that way. Mm -hmm. So we should be taking advantage of that. Exactly. And it's not something just like, and yes, this is a really good thing. Don't take me wrong. Wearing Christian shirts out there that say, you know, Jesus loves you or ask me about my Jesus or, um, you know, any Christian shirt that has a verse on it, mm-hmm. that's great and wonderful. But if you're just putting on that shirt and saying to myself, I'm going to minister to a thousand people by walking through the grocery store today, but you don't actually stop to talk to any of those people. You're just somebody walking through the store. Mm-hmm. You really are. Because let me ask you this. When you meet a person, what's the first thing you look at? Their face or their shirt? That's a good question. Exactly. 
Mm-hmm. And as great and wonderful as shirts are, like I love shirts, obviously. I love my Christian shirts. If yeah. you're not showing and living what that shirt is saying, what 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 is it other than an item of cloth on your body? Mm. And so if you're and yes, it is a great thing to wear a Christian shirt versus something that has bad words on it or something like that. And it's great to do that, but take the opportunity while you're wearing it, that if you catch somebody looking at your shirt or looking your direction, speak to them. And I know that's scary as heck, but here's something to calm your mind. This person that you speak to in the grocery store, you're probably never going to meet them again, Hmm. but you could be the only person that they ever come in contact the rest of their life who had the opportunity to say something about Jesus. Like that for me is kind of what I tell myself every day is that what if you're the only person who ever tells them about Jesus? What if you're the only Christian they'll ever meet Hmm. and you don't say something or you don't at least show them kindness to where they're like, I want to know why she's that way. I want to know why she's so kind in the midst of everything going on. And I just realized how deep my Southern accent came out on that. I apologize. Girl, don't apologize. Oh, it makes it, it makes it that much better. (laughs) I'm over here. Like my Georgia's thick Southern accent is coming out and I feel so weird. Oh, do not. Oh, oh, I love your accent. I don't know what you're talking about. Mm. (laughs) Thank you. Yeah. Um, But yeah, it's something as simple as, and here's a good one. And I'm going to um, shout out a company. I promise I am not being paid or sponsored by them in any way, shape or form. Okay, so it's called Grace Balm. And if you have your phone or you have a computer or you have something, look it up. And the Grace Balm basically is a company and a website that only shares the gospel. But you can get from them Grace Balm cards. And they're just a sweet little card that on one side, it has a picture of a grenade type bomb that says Grace Balm on it. And then on the back, it says, you've been Grace Bombed with the website. And when you go to the website, the first thing it says is, do you know Jesus? Hmm. And then it shares the gospel story to these people. And it can lead them to accepting Jesus. And if they do, there's also a section on it, or there used to be, that they could type in their zip code and it would pull up churches near them. Wow. And I keep a stack of these. I have some in my purse. I have some in my wallet. I got some in my car. And when I feel God pushing me to share the gospel, but I'm in a position where I physically can't for one reason or the other, I use that card hmm. and there have been many times that like if anyone's done the pay it forward thing where you pay for someone's food behind you mm-hmm. in the drive through hand that card to the person in the window and that can too and say, will you give one of these to the car behind you behind me and you keep the other one because then yes, it's kind of up to that person as to whether or not they're going to look at it. But if someone pays for your meal and they leave you a note, you're kind of want to want to know why. And so they're more likely to log on and look. 
But there have been many times that I've been somewhere at a doctor's office or walking through the store and I've seen something or I've heard something and I feel that nudge from God, like, hey, go talk to that person. Go share me with that person. And all I can do, because at that moment, something is keeping me from doing it physically, I'll go over and hand one of those cards to him. And I say, I just want to let you know that Jesus loves you. And so do I. And I'd like for you to check this out. Because if someone walks up to a non-Christian and hands them like one of those booklet tracks, unfortunately, they know what that is. Everybody who is a non-Christian or an atheist knows what a track is. For those who don't know, tracks are like just little booklets that share the gospel. I know certain religions hand them out all the time, and I'm not going to say it because I don't want anybody to get offended. Um, especially if you are part of that religion. Um, but it, some of them might just have, you know, this is the ABCs, admit, believe, confess, how to be saved. Some of them have cutesy little cartoon stories that share the gospel. And some are just straight up. This is, you're going to, if you don't believe you're going to go to hell, which Which is is true. It's, it's all, which is true. It's all true, but but we it's scary. And we want to, we want to be loving when we're sharing it. And we want to, we want to explain the internal, eternal significance of it. Exactly. Cause I know for me, if someone walked up to me and said, Hey, if you don't drink this Mountain Dew right now, you're going to die and go to hell. I'm going to look at him and go, uh, what? <laughs> what? What? Wait. Uh, see you, bye. And I'm not going to have anything to do with it. And then every time I see a Mountain Dew, I'm going to be like, oh, no, 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 no. Hmm. So these little cards, they're just bright, colorful. One side, I think, is like a reddish orange. and The other side's a bright yellow. So it's a cute little something. And it's just a card that says you've been grace bombed. And most people are going to want to know what that is, whether they're a believer or not. Mm-hmm. And it's just a great way to share that gospel, especially if you're someone who's very um, shy mm-hmm. or not as confident in sharing the gospel. Now, don't just like, get a bunch of these and drop them in someone's mailbox Mm -hmm. because that's not the same as, you know, God telling you this person is who needs to hear it right now, because not everybody needs to hear the gospel at the moment you tell it. And I know that sounds weird and you might, and some people are probably out there going, what in the heck is she talking about? But think about two different situations. One might be someone who is rich. He's on top of the world. He has everything he could ever want. And you try to tell him about the gospel. He might not be as open to it as someone who has lost everything. Who is homeless. Who has nothing. Hmm. Because you don't want to be afraid yeah, of not telling. Exactly. Telling you should people. share it with everyone. We are not put on this earth to save people no we're put on the earth to lead them to jesus and jesus saves them Hmm. and i think that might stop a lot of people from sharing the gospel is the i don't know how or the i'm too shy or no one's going to listen to me well then do something like this Hmm. write a little note or get because these grace bomb cards are free they will send you um 
I think it's like four cards for free every month if you ask for them or as many times throughout the month as you want them. And all they ask in return is that you tell them about your grace bomb stories. There's no charge, which is absolutely amazing. And if you don't, if you need them like right then and you can't wait for the mail service, which sometimes can be slow, you can print them right there on the spot. Um, but it's just find little ways to do it. Something mm -hmm. as simple as a card, or if you have somebody who you know is lonely and doesn't have family or friends or anything like that, go talk to them. Because mm -hmm. you never know. Be, it doesn't have to just be through the card. Exactly. That's just a way. There's so many different mm -hmm. ways to share and the gospel. Billions of billions and billions of different ways to share the gospel. Because, because everyone needs to hear the gospel differently. And every person is different. Exactly. Like, like we were talking about how you're different. It's a good reminder that everybody else is different too. And everybody exactly. else needs something that we all need Jesus. That's for darn sure. But we all need to hear it maybe differently, mm -hmm. I guess, or be preached to differently. So. Oh, yeah. And I'm going to throw something out there that I remember from when I was little hearing the preacher say, is that sometimes you have to meet the physical need before you can meet the spiritual need. Hmm. And I know not everyone out there, let me rephrase that. The majority of us out there do not have the financial means to meet all the physical needs. Hmm. But if there's something like take a homeless person, and it's cold outside and he has a sign that says, I'm hungry or we'll work for food or whatever. And you roll down the window and just say, you know, here's a Bible track and may God bless you and drive off. What is that going to do for him? Hmm. He's probably going to look at it and go, I can't eat this. It's not going to keep me warm. It's not going to provide me shelter. What am I supposed to do with this? Versus just driving to the dollar store. Or to the nearest gas station and buy a granola bar and a drink and maybe a hat. Or if you have a blanket in your car, give him the blanket. Mm. And after you do that, then say, hey, may God bless you. And I want to give you this and hand them a track or hand them whatever. And because you never know, that person might need to hear it. And I remember. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Go ahead. Well, they probably need to hear it because oh, everybody yeah. does. And you never, here's the thing, everybody, you never want to assume that somebody is or isn't a Christian because everybody Amen. needs to hear it. Amen. Amen. Because not every good person out there is a believer. And not every bad person isn't. Exactly. And I'm going to tell a personal story real quick and I'll make it fast. Um, but if does anybody and do you know what Good News Club is? I do not. Tell us. Okay. So Good News Club is this awesome organization that goes into the public school systems and to the public schools after school hours and holds Bible clubs. Wow. Because once the school bell rings at 2.30, it's technically no longer a school setting. It's a school building. Mm -hmm. And none of the teachers are allowed to be involved as the Bible study leaders. Typically it's the church brings in the volunteers and all, and it's a free thing. And a lot of parents, I'll be honest, put their kids in it because it's free 
aftercare one day a week. Mm-hmm. And if you've ever had to leave your kid in after school, oh my gosh, it's expensive. And I don't have any kids, but I was a nanny and I still am. And I got a bill from one of the schools one time for the parent of how much the after schools cost. Mm-hmm. And I was, I was like blown away, but this after school program, kids come, they learn about Jesus. They sing songs and it's more of a fun environment for them to learn about Jesus. But we were driving there one day and I saw on the side of the road that this guy had a sign and all he said was, I'm hungry, please help. And I had never seen one like that before. Cause you know, they always say something like we'll work for food or they have a story about I'm a veteran and I have no home. Mm-hmm. This one just said, I'm hungry, please help. And he was just standing and he was standing on the side of a major highway. Let me tell you, it was two lanes going one way and then it had the grass divider and two lanes going the other way. So I'm oh. talking major highway mm-hmm. and he was just standing there. And we drove past him and I said, because my Nana was driving at the time because I wasn't old enough to drive. And I said, Nana, we need to turn around. And she goes, but we're, and we were, and she's like, we're going to be late to Good News Club. I was like, but those kids have heard about Jesus a hundred times. What if he's never heard? We need to go back. And so we, let me tell you, we made a U-turn people at the next intersection went back had to drive like two miles going the wrong way like not the wrong way but like going the opposite direction turn around and come back and pulled over on the side of this major highway to talk to this man Mm -hmm. and you know the saying faith like a child I don't even remember what compelled me to say it or do it but when we stopped and talked to this man I always carry these little, like, uh, we call them blessing bags. Yeah, and it's yeah, just yeah. A, uh-huh. It's a small little drawstring bag with some food, non-perishable food, some drinks, a uh, blanket if it's cold. And I always include, like, a little Bible of some mm-hmm. kind. But I handed him a blessing bag, and I told him, you know, that God loved him, and so did we. And I typically, in my blessing bags, I don't know if anybody else does it, but I try to include the numbers of some of the local churches. Oh, wow. That's I always, idea. I always like choose. And I know this sounds so bad and I'm not meaning it as, oh, they only can come to our church, but I try to pick up the pamphlets that our church hands out about their information, everything. Yeah. And then on the back, I write other churches that are local to that area mm-hmm. where we currently are. So like if I'm in McDonough or something, I'm obviously not going to share a church from Griffin or somewhere in Alabama. So I always try to give them numbers for churches in other areas. And I gave it to him and we're talking to him and he's, and it scared my Nana half to death, but he suddenly like just kind of grabbed me by my arm and was like, I need to pray for you right now and prayed for us. Wow. Here we are trying to be a blessing to this man who's hungry and on the side of the road. And he gave us one of the biggest blessings we've ever had hmm. by praying for us. And if anybody's out there wondering, we actually made it to the school with 10 minutes to spare. And we were 10 minutes wow. late leaving the house. So God is good on that one. Like God wow. had that one. But the point being, 
you never know. Because I'll be honest, when I looked at the homeless man, as I want to say I was like in eighth grade at the time, maybe ninth grade, mm-hmm. I looked at him and said, he doesn't know Jesus. He's a homeless man. Mm-hmm. And I feel like we make that mistake quite often. Is that, oh, they're in this situation, so they must not know Jesus. Mm-hmm. Yet he proved me wrong. So never assume just by what someone looks like or what situation they're in that they either do or do not know Jesus. Mm. Because everyone needs to know him, but not everyone does. So, <sighs> soapbox, sorry. <laughs> no, you're okay. No, that was really good. I haven't heard a story like that before. That was really encouraging. Hmm. And that's a good reminder that mm-hmm. to be acting in your community. Exactly. Maybe you need to be like Jesus and it's okay. You're not, you're not going to be perfect, but you need to be like Christ and you need to work towards growing to be like exactly. Christ. And what that means is serving others. And in that, mm-hmm. on that topic, what are some ways that um, our sisters and our brothers can be serving those around around them. Look at the need around you. Let me repeat that again. Look at the need around you. Mm-hmm. So if you're in an area that I'm trying to think of a good setting. So let's take a neighborhood, a suburban neighborhood, you know, with the quiet houses and the pretty this, that, and the other. And there's an older lady down the street who doesn't have any family. What do you think she'd like more? Someone to come and sit and talk with her or someone to drop a fruit basket on her porch? Hmm. Look at the needs around you and figure out, is this what I need to do? Because serving doesn't have to be going overseas. Not that that isn't important. That is absolutely important. But not everyone is called to do that. We are all called to be missionaries in one way or another, but we're not all called to go out of the country to do it. Mm. Some of us are called to just go next door to our neighbor or even to the next room to a family member. Whew. Oh, sorry. I'm totally tearing up right now because that's, I'm sorry. That, like, no, that's good. No, don't be sorry because that is what I, what I want why yes. sisters listening to here is that you are called to be a missionary a missionary exactly. literally means someone who is on a mission and your mission is to share the gospel and that it, means to everyone exactly i mean and i love this picture and i and i tell this picture to or i describe this picture i should say <laughs> to a lot of people who ask me about what are my thoughts on a missionary a missionary, like you said, is someone on a mission. So take, think about a toddler who's, you know, just learned to teetle, toddle around the room. They're cute at that age. And he sees across the room that there is a cookie on the counter. By gosh, he wants that cookie. So his mission is to now make it across the room without falling over. To get that cookie. Wait, wait, he's so sorry, a missionary you, wait, you cut out you because cut out. could you say that again? Oh, I'm sorry. What, what part did I cut out on? Uh, you started, he's toddling over and then. Oh, okay. Yeah. What I, what I was saying was like, he, he can see the cookie and he's toddling over to that, to get that cookie without falling. That's his mission. 
He is now a missionary because he's a person on a mission. That's all missionary means is a person on a mission. Mm -hmm. So everyone is a missionary. And I think people mistake missionary for preacher because everyone that I've talked to, and I asked them that question, it's a missionary is someone who goes overseas and tells the gospel. Mm -hmm. Yes. But the grocer who bags your groceries and tells every person who she bags her groceries, Jesus loves you. She's a missionary. The second grader who brought her Bible to school to share it with her classmate is a missionary. It's the simple things that make us missionaries. And I think that's what people are are missing. They're missing the bigger picture. Mm-hmm. And there you go. <laughs> Sorry Bless about you. that. No, you're good. Bless you. Bless the sneeze. Um, just look for your needs around you. They're, they're there and they're so simple. And it might be just someone, that one girl who sits at the table by herself at lunch at school mm. or the boy. I'm not going to be gender biased over here. Yeah. Go and sit with that person. Mm. Just because there is a need doesn't mean in that need, in that moment, you need to immediately be like, hey, can I sit next to you and share the gospel? Mm. Just sit with them. Be their friend. Because I know personally, I would rather someone come and be my friend before they try to get me involved in something than to just try to get me involved in something. And they're somebody I don't know. Mm-hmm. So definitely look for that need. Try to reach the needs first, mm-hmm. physically, and then use it to talk about the spiritual needs Mm. and to reach those spiritual needs. Mm. That's so good. So you being a daughter of Christ, a Christian girl, what, what is some scripture that encourages you in your walk in Christ? Oh boy. I'm going to sound so bad. I cannot think of one particular scripture off the top of my head. That's one that like helps me in everyday situations. I'll be honest. Because certain scriptures reach to me at certain times. And I'm going to kind of use that a little bit to talk about this whole thing that I see going around. And there's nothing wrong with it. But the whole life verse. Everyone has to have a life verse. And it's what they put in their Instagram bio. And, oh, this is my life verse. I live by it. That's a great thing to have. But if you're only living by that verse not really doing what it needs to. Um, And I, but I will say, I think the one that has helped me up to this point and is still kind of helping me here and there in certain situations, but really when I was actually in middle and high school age Mm -hmm. is that, um, and now I can't even think of the chapter and where it is, but I can quote it. It says, do not let anyone look down on you because you are young. Hmm. First, first Timothy four twelve. Don't let anyone doubt you because you're young, but set an example for the believers in speech, in life, in love, in faith, and in purity. Exactly, and that right there, I'm gonna like touch on something that we touched back like an hour ago when we said set your boundaries. 
Mm-hmm. Use that verse as your boundaries. The last part of it is your boundaries. Mm-hmm. And, but don't say, I'm too young to do this. Or people are going to think I'm too young to do this. No one's too young to share the gospel. I have seen a five-year-old lead their parents to Christ. Oh, my goodness. Um, being where I used to go to church, my parents, well, grandparents, I called them my parents because they raised me. So mm-hmm. um, okay. they taught the five-year-olds, four and five-year-olds. And there was this one kid who was a terror. I am talking when he walked in the church building, everyone knew he was there. And I'm not trying to say he was a bad kid because I love all kids and all kids are awesome. But he was that kid. Mm -hmm. And we all know what I'm talking about, whether you have kids or not. He was that kid. And we ironically my grandparents were teaching the four-year-olds and the following year got moved to five-year-olds so they had him two years in a row nice we had watched him grow up in the baby area and we had heard from the teachers in the three-year-old room how difficult this kid was Mm -hmm. just that he didn't want to sit still he wanted to be doing this he never wanted to sit still for the bible story he always wanted to be doing this well, when he came into the four-year-old's room, he was the same way. He didn't want to sit still. He didn't want to take part in this, that, and the other. He wanted to play. Mm-hmm. But when he got to the five-year-olds, he was still the same way. And finally, one day, they just, my Nana and Papa, who were in there, asked him, do you have any idea what this story is about? And he quoted scripture from the Bible, word for word what it said wow and every time he would talk with his parents when they would pick him up it was he was telling them these bible stories and they were looking at him like how in the world do you know all this Hmm. and so there really is no too young or too old for god to use you Hmm. that's so good that's really encouraging. And that scripture, that is, that is one of the, one of the first memory verses I was memorizing, um, intentionally and yeah, no, definitely. You are never too young. That's why I made this page to, uh, to this page, the podcast and the Instagram <laughs> to encourage, to exactly encourage our, our sisters in Christ who, who see all of this media and are going, Oh my goodness, this is intense. Mm-hmm. Is that what a girl is supposed to be? No, you can be you should be following Christ and there is a space for you and you are not too young. And that's why, that's why I always push the, uh, you are called to be a missionary idea. That's why I dedicated a whole month just to that Mm -hmm. topic. Um, because yeah, you are called to be a missionary and you are not too young. And I'm really, I was totally thinking of that scripture earlier and that was amazing that that was the scripture that you were thinking about. Yes. That's, that's so cool. Mm-hmm. Well, so while we're, while we're wrapping up, what is one piece of advice you've given so much already, but <laughs> what's, what, which is incredible and definitely needed to hear that today. What is one piece of advice that you have for Christian girls who feel alone or like it's all too much? 
just breathe. Hmm. Just breathe. And I'm going to give you a word here that write it wherever you need to have it painted on your wall. If you need to just make sure you don't get in trouble by your parents first, but the word is Selah. S E L A H Selah. And it's in Psalms and a couple of times in Proverbs at the end of a statement. And no one really knows what this word means because back then that wasn't a word. It was just something that the psalmist put in there. And so many people think because a lot of the psalms were written as songs, Mm -hmm. psalms, songs, Mm -hmm. that it meant to pause, to take a breath to breathe. So remember that. Selah, just pause, just breathe. It's okay. Mm. I know that no matter what situation you're in, it can be something so simple and it feels like the world is absolutely ending. I've been through many times like that. Yet the one thing that helps is just breathe, just stop and breathe. Mm. And Then, once you've leveled your head and calmed down, seek the advice of older Christians. And I know that might seem scary because to me, when I was hearing that, it bothered me so much because the first person who kept coming to my mind was my parents. And I was like, the problem I'm having is not something I can discuss with my parents. Because either it is my parents, or if they know about it, they'll explode. Not that anything bad, like I'm going to put that out there, not that it was anything bad. It was actually something really stupid and really simple and funny. But I was young. I was young. Um, But seek the advice of the older Christians around you. If you're having a problem with I'm lonely, I am single, I don't have a boyfriend, everybody else around me does, seek out those single Christian people around you. Hello, I am one of them. I am 22 years old. I am 22 years old. I have never had a boyfriend. I have never been on a date. I'm going to expose myself. I have never had a kiss, like nothing. Girl, what do you mean expose yourself? Who cares? That's awesome. (laughs) Exactly. There is no shame in it. Hmm. No. Seek those around you who have already been through that situation. Mm. If you're, and the one thing I am going to put out there, please do not ask the advice of Christians who are not, either haven't gone through the same situation as you or who are going through that situation. Because mm. they're going to be feeling the same things you're feeling. They're going to feel the same thing you're feeling. And Someone who hasn't gone through it is not going to know any way or the other about it. Mm -hmm. They are going to try to put their own opinions. Mm -hmm. People who are going through that situation are feeling the same thing you are, are having the same emotions, and are not going to help you come out of it very well. Yes, it's great to have your support system of these people are going through the same thing I am, but also have that advice of someone who's already gone through it. To talk to you and talk with them and listen, I'm going to say this. I am the worst at it and I know I'm not the only one. (laughs) 
how many of you, and you can raise your hand wherever you are, unless you're driving, please do not. <laughs> how many of you, when your parents start to give you advice, go, I really don't want to hear it? Like, be honest. There are many times when our parents try to give us advice that we really don't want to hear it. Because mm. all we really wanted was let me vent. I want you to say, oh, I'm so sorry. And move on with life. I really didn't come wanting you to tell me what I need to do to fix it. I just needed to vent. Mm. Guys, it's going to be so hard when you are going through a situation to say, I need advice and then to actually keep your mouth shut and take that advice. Mm. And that's so hard. And I'm not saying, Oh, I am. I do that all the time because I don't, I am 22 years old and I still struggle with it. <laughs> you will always struggle with it. Even my grandmother who she's going to kill me for saying this is in her sixties struggles with it. And she admits it. That she's like, I really didn't want to hear that, but I needed to, but I didn't want to hear it. And just take the advice. Yes, not all of the advice you will receive will portray to your situation at that time. Mm -hmm. However, take it in, absorb it, because when it does come back, you're going to want to have it in your uh, armor. Ar armor? I don't know what the word is. I don't know. You're good. We're good. <laughs> But just breathe and seek the advice of other Christians. Mm. Oh. And try to make it older Christians. And I keep saying older Christians, and I'm not meaning like your grandma, your grandpa, or the elders of the church. Who are like usually it. like the more level-headed ones, but sorry. Continue. Yes, yes, yes. They are people that if you need some advice for some heavy topics, please go seek out an elder. Mm. Yeah, don't because yeah, it's remember it it depends. They might not always yes, give the best advice. Be wary. Be wary. Be, take it and take it with a grain of salt because yep. things back when they were your age were a hundred percent different. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But okay. they went through the same things we did. Mm -hmm. There might have been different circumstances, but they went through the same thing we did. Yeah. At the root of it, it was similar. Yeah, exactly. But if it's something just like you're struggling with that season of singleness or you're struggling with that um, little season of doubt or depression or anger or anxiety and say you're 15 years old, I'm going to pick that age because I know that is an age that a lot of people start struggling with this. Mm -hmm. If you are having anxiety or depression or anything like that, would you not even seeking Christian advice, but would you want to go as a 15 year old to an eight year old? No, you're going to want to go to someone who's older, who's been through that. And that's what I mean by older. It's like, if you're 16, 17, try not to find a 16 or 17 year old to get advice from because they're not any more mature than you. Yes. There might be some mature people out there, but they're still at the same age level you are. Mm-hmm. Go and find someone who's a little bit older. Find someone in their 20s to talk to who's been through that. Mm -hmm. And make sure it's someone you can trust. Definitely. Because I know there have been times that I have shared something with someone in confidence. And not two days later, 
I'm hearing someone else say something about it. And it's like, how did you find out? Because I didn't tell you. Hmm. And that can be the most disheartening thing ever. So make sure it's someone you trust and that you know you can trust. Hmm. But other than that, yeah. (laughs) Man, that was so good. Oh, Maddie, you rock. Well, well, so where, where can we find you on social media to be hearing more of this incredible advice? All right. So I've got multiple different platforms you can find me on, but the main one that I am always on will be Instagram. Um, and you can find me at Jesus Books Frappuccinos because that is the name of my podcast. And it is so funny to me because I don't even know where the name came from. I was trying to come up with a name and I literally just started saying, I want to talk about Jesus books, frappuccinos. Well, okay then. So, and it's just Jesus books, frappuccinos, no spaces, no dots, no nothing. Um, That is what I call my mission account, my podcast account. And that's where I will put everything that has to do with anything Jesus related on there. Mm -hmm. Um, And I do have a personal account. It's called Legit Maddie B. And it's spelled with a Y for anyone who wants to know. It's M-A-D-D-Y. And that is my personal account. And if you cannot reach me on my uh, Blessing podcast account, you can reach me there. Um, And my DMs are always open. If anyone ever needs to talk about anything, I am always available to talk. And if you are a Christian girl who is between the ages of high school and college, please go follow YDOC underscore 511. That is our Bible study account. Now, the Bible study I am leading currently is only for high school and college age girls. Because of the season I am in my life, that is the age that I feel the most connected to. Now. Later in life, I might open it up to other ages, but for now, it's high school and college age. And we do a Zoom Bible study every week. In fact, our first Bible study of, let me rephrase that, the first meeting of the new Bible study is starting tomorrow at 4 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. If anyone is interested in just jumping on to see what we talk about, you're welcome to join on Zoom. And... Because we do an in-person and Zoom at the same time. So sometimes you might see a group of girls. Sometimes you might not. Mm-hmm. Um, but you can check all the details out there. Also, we have a cool Instagram account that is called YDOC.HypeHouse. And if anyone's heard of a Hype House, you know that it's like, I think the first true Hype House that came out was a group of teenagers who bought a house together. And they were Instagram influencers or something like that. Or maybe they were YouTubers. Mm -hmm. And they just did all their content there. And they were always together. Well, this is kind of the same concept, except this YDOC hype house. Any Christian girl of any age, any race, any color, any whatever, you can have an opportunity to have 24 hours to take over this page and post whatever you want about Jesus. And I'm talking whatever. You can do as many posts, stories, videos, lives, whatever, and just share Jesus. And it's just a lot of fun. 
And if you don't even want to take 24 hours, you just want to say, hey, I want to put this out here. We have different options for that. Mm -hmm. But it is definitely a whole lot of fun. A lot of girls, a lot of fun. <laughs> yep. I testify. I did that. It was a lot of fun. I yes. That one. Yeah. Yes. One of the first I, ones, right? And I actually, you actually were the second person to join the takeover. Yeah. And I was so excited because when I started it, I actually started it for our Bible study girls to take over mm -hmm. and no one did. Oh. And I was so sad. And I was like, well, maybe this wasn't the right time. And then I was contacted by a, a girl who's like, I want to take over. I want to do it. And this was right before Christmas. And I was like, sure, have at it. And she filled that page up, y'all. Yeah. Like she filled yeah. it up. And then we do occasionally do something like a 24 hour prayer or a 48 hour prayer or something like that. And that's just every hour someone new posts a prayer or posts something relating to a topic. Like we did the other day a 24 hour prayer for the Ukraine. Mm -hmm. I remember that. And good. every hour someone just would say, Hey, can you please play, pray for this? Or would send an actual prayer. Mm -hmm. But yeah, it's a lot of fun. And I encourage all of you who are listening to come and join us. Unfortunately, only girls can take over, but anyone's allowed to follow. Yeah, of course you are. Yeah. Well, Maddie, thank you so much for joining me on today's episode. This was so good. Don't forget yes. everybody to follow Maddie on all of her ministries and social medias to keep up with this amazing woman. And friends, there is a counterpart episode on her podcast. Yes. Jesus books and frappuccinos with a fun discussion between the two of us. So go listen to that episode as well. And there is a link in the bio of my Jesus books and frappuccino Instagram that you can get to the podcast on multiple different platforms. And I'll share it below. So. Don't worry. Oh yes. And ah, I'm so excited about this. So I know I, I will too. see you guys on, in on Instagram and over at the other podcast. Yes. It's going to be great. Also, friends, don't forget to go follow at the Christian Girls Tea on Instagram to keep up with all of the tea of being a Christian girl, like we talked about in this episode, which I loved. Thank you so much for joining us. We'll see you soon. Thank you so much for joining me on today's episode. I hope you got a ton out of it and have something to think about until the next time we meet to spill the tea. Again, don't forget to follow at the Christian Girls Tea on Instagram to keep up with all of the tea of being a Christian girl. Keep spreading the love of Christ. I'll see you in the next episode.